We're going to learn in Chidush Rabbeinu Chaim HaLevi, the second piece in Hilchus Bias Mikdash. This is Perak Beis HaLacha Hay. In this piece, Rab Chaim's analyzing two comments of the Ravid regarding a Kohen who left the Beis HaMikdash in the middle of serving, and they seem to contradict each other, but Rab Chaim's going to offer a somewhat technical answer to this. So this is one of the few pieces in the Sefer that really focuses on the Ravid's approach, not so much on the Rambam. The Rambam writes, A Kohen who left the Beis HaMikdash while he was doing service. Chayev Misa, he gets the punishment of death, which here means by the heavenly court, not by the human court. Bein Kohen Gadol, Bein Kohen Hedyo. This applies both to the Kohen Gadol and to our regular Kohen. The Torah says that they can't leave Ohel Moed lest they die. Now, Ohel Moed is the equivalent of the Beis HaMikdash in the desert. So that same halacha would apply in the Beis HaMikdash when they built it later on. Now, the Rambam continues and he points out that there's a second Pasuk with regards to the Kohen Gadol, which seems to say the same thing. The case is if a Kohen Gadol becomes an Onen, so he loses a close relative. Before that person is buried, the relatives have the status of an Onen. Now, a regular Kohen who's in Onain cannot serve in the Beis HaMikdash, but a Kohen Gadol is allowed to serve even when he's in Onain. So the Pasuk says, that even if the Kohen Gadol is in Onain, he should not leave the Beis HaMikdash. So the Rambam says, that that Pasuk is coming to teach us something a little different. Not that if the Kohen Gadol leaves, he's Chayiv Misabi Deshamayim, but rather that he shouldn't leave, he should continue working even though he's in Onain. Now the Rambam in the next halacha, halacha Vav, continues and he asks, Why did the Torah have to repeat two halachas with regards to the Kohen Gadol that he's not allowed to leave the Beis HaMikdash? So the Rambam explains that there's a fundamental distinction between the Kohen Gadol and the regular Kohen who become an Onain. The regular Kohen, even though he's not allowed to leave the Beis HaMikdash, but once he becomes an Onain, he also cannot continue doing the service. But the Kohen Gadol, not only is he not allowed to leave the Beis HaMikdash, but he even continues doing the service even if he becomes an Onain. So that's why the Torah has two different halachas. One concerns a Kohen Hedyot, that he's prohibited to leave the Beis HaMikdash, but once he becomes an Onain, he also cannot continue serving, so he just stands there. And the second halacha adds that the Kohen Gadol, not only can he not leave, but he also continues doing the service in the Beis HaMikdash. Now, the Raivit has two different disagreements with the Rambam on these halachas. In the first halacha, halacha hey, he disagrees with the Rambam's statement that the prohibition to leave the Beis HaMikdash applies both to a Kohen Gadol and a Kohen Hedyot. And the Raivit holds that the whole prohibition only applies to a Kohen Gadol, not a regular Kohen. And he argues like this, The case in the Torah is referring to Aaron and his sons, but those Kohanim were different than subsequent generations of Kohanim because they had all been anointed with the oil. Since they were the first generation of Kohanim, they had all been anointed. So that's why this prohibition applied equally to all of them, both the Kohen Gadol and the regular Kohanim, but that's only for that generation where they'd been anointed. But in general, for the rest of history, says the Ravid, this prohibition only applies 
applies to Kohanim who have been anointed, which means it only applies to the Kohen Gadol. So the Ravid disagrees with the Rambam's application of that Pasuk from the Torah to all Kohanim, even though in the case of the Torah, it did apply to Aharon, who was the Kohen Gadol, and his sons who were regular Kohanim. But the Ravid argues that that generation was different than subsequent generations because they had all been anointed. So the way the Ravid defines the prohibition, it only applies to a Kohen who's anointed, which in general only refers to the Kohen Gadol. Now he asks that there's a Torah's Kohanim, there's a Medrash which says, It extends the prohibition in the Torah to subsequent Kohanim of all generations. So that certainly on the surface seems to sound like the Rambam, that it applies equally to a Kohen Gadol and a regular Kohen. The Ravid says, no, the Medrash is only talking about It only means the Kohen Gadol of all subsequent generations. So when the Medrash says that it applies to subsequent Kohanim, it doesn't mean all Kohanim, it means the Kohen Gadol of each generation. And this makes perfect sense, says the Ravid, because the source for this whole halacha that it applies to future generations is from the words in the Torah, which talks about anointing. So that supports the Ravid's idea that this prohibition only applies to Kohanim who are anointed. Now, in the next halacha, halacha vav, the Ravid has another disagreement with the Rambam. The Rambam ruled that a regular Kohen who becomes an Onain cannot serve in the Beis HaMikdash, but he also can't leave. He has to just stand there. So the Ravid asks, since this regular Kohen is now an Onain, so he's prohibited to do any service in the Beis HaMikdash, why can't he leave? What's the point of just standing around when he can't do anything in the Beis HaMikdash? So of course he leaves and he goes to take care of his relative who passed to deal with the body and he becomes impure, even though in general a Kohen doesn't do that, but for close relatives he does take care of them. So according to the Ravid, the whole purpose of the prohibition on the Kohen to leave the Beis HaMikdash in the middle of service is in order to continue doing the service. But once he can no longer do the service for halachic reasons, so then there's no reason to prohibit him leaving, and of course he's able to leave. And not only that, but he should leave in order to go deal with the relative's body and prepare them for burial. So that's the Ravid's two disagreements with the Rambam. First, he disagrees with the Rambam's formulation that the prohibition to leave the Beis HaMikdash during service applies both to the Kohen Gadol and the Kohen Hedyot. And the Ravid argues that it only applies to Kohanim who have been anointed, which effectively means only the Kohen Gadol. And then second, the Ravid disagrees with the Rambam's idea that a regular Kohen who becomes an Onain is not allowed to serve in the Beis HaMikdash, but he also can't leave, so he just stands there. And the Ravid says that the whole purpose of the prohibition against leaving is so that the Kohen can continue doing the service. But once he's not allowed to do the service anyways, so then there's no point to forcing him to stay there. So there's no prohibition on him leaving. So Rab Chaim asks that actually these two comments of the Ravid contradict each other. Because the second comment of the Ravid seems to imply that there is a case of a Kohen who in general is prohibited to leave the Beis HaMikdash, but if he becomes an Onain, then he's allowed to leave the Beis HaMikdash. But according to the Ravid's first comment, that case can never exist. Because in the case of the Kohen Gadol, he never becomes an Onain. As we said, the Kohen Gadol can continue working even when he's an Onain. So there is no leniency for him to leave the Beis HaMikdash as an Onain, since that doesn't matter. He can continue doing the service. 
So the case cannot be a Kohen Gadol. It also can't be a regular Kohen because according to the Ravid, there is no prohibition for a regular Kohen to leave the Beis HaMikdash, even if he's not in Onain. So it makes no difference if the regular Kohen is in Onain or not. Either way, there's no prohibition on leaving the Beis HaMikdash during the service. So what is the case where the Ravid is going to say that it makes a difference if the Kohen is in Onain, that once he's in Onain, he can leave the Beis HaMikdash, but otherwise he can't. That case doesn't seem to exist according to the Ravid's own position. So Rab Chaim throws out the possibility that maybe the Ravid is just talking in the Rambam's position that there is a prohibition on the Kohen Hedyot, and he's saying that even according to the Rambam, a Kohen Hedyot Onain should be allowed to leave. But Rab Chaim has a better answer than that. So he begins with a question on the Ravid's position. The Ravid who holds that this prohibition only applies to a Kohen Gadol, not a regular Hedyot, so why isn't this in the list in the Gemara in Horios Dafyud Beis and Yuma Dafayim Gimel, where the Gemara lists the halachic differences between a Kohen Gadol and a Kohen Hedyot? So why didn't the Gemara include also that a Kohen Gadol is prohibited to leave the Beis HaMikdash and a Kohen Hedyot is not? According to the Ravid, this should have been one of the items on the list. Says Rab Chaim that we have to say, even according to the Ravid, even though practically this is a halacha, which is different between the Kohen Gadol and the regular Kohen, but on a theoretical level, it has nothing to do with the fact that one's a Kohen Gadol and one's a regular Kohen. So the way the Rav is going to formulate it, according to Rab Chaim, is ha'ikar tolo im nisrabehu ba'atzmo b'ribuy shal kahuna o The main factor is whether this Kohen has been enhanced through various ways of kahuna or not. Now, the two ways of doing that are either being anointed or in the second base on Mikdash when they didn't have the anointing, so they would wear the extra clothing, the eight clothing of the Kohen Gadol, and that made someone a Kohen Gadol. So if the Kohen went through either of those processes and he became an enhanced Kohen, then this prohibition applies to him. But a regular Kohen is not included in this prohibition. But this is subtly different than saying that the distinction has to do with whether one is a Kohen Gadol or not. It's not actually directly tied into being a Kohen Gadol. Rather, it's tied into the process one goes through in order to become an enhanced Kohen. So that's why the sons of Aaron were included in the prohibition, even though they were not the Kohen Gadol, because they had been anointed. And by putting on the regular clothes of a Kohen, since they were the first generation, so all of that made them enhanced Kohanim, so they had this prohibition. And likewise, the Kohen Gadol in all generations, either in the first Beis HaMikdash when they anointed him, or in the second Beis HaMikdash when he wore the extra eight clothing. So either of those processes made him an enhanced Kohen, so therefore this prohibition applied to him. Whereas the Kohen Hedyot, not because he's a regular Kohen, but because he hadn't gone through the process of becoming an enhanced Kohen, so therefore this prohibition did not apply to him. So that's why the list in the Gemara doesn't include this halacha, because the Gemara's list includes items which result directly from the distinction between the Kohen Gadol and the regular Kohen. But this prohibition of whether he can leave the Beis HaMikdash or not hinges on a bit of a different factor, whether he's become an enhanced Kohen, so that's why it doesn't fit in the list in the Gemara. 
So Rab Chaim questions this answer a bit because the Gemara does list distinctions between a Kohen Meshuach Melchama, who was like one of the assistant Kohen Gadols. He was in charge of getting the troops ready for war. So he was higher than a regular Kohen. And the Gemara does list some distinctions between that Kohen, Meshuach Melchama, and regular Kohanim. So it's not true that the Gemara is only listing distinctions between the Kohen Gadol and the regular Kohanim if it also lists this other enhanced type of Kohen, the Meshuach Melchama. And if so, why can't it also list this distinction of whether the prohibition of leaving the Beis HaMikdash applies, which depends on whether the person became an enhanced Kohen or not. So Rab Chaim says that the same approach is going to work to also explain this because the Kohen Meshuach Melchama, even though he's not a full Kohen Gadol, but he is an enhanced status of a Kohen. So he's been elevated by becoming one of the assistant Kohen Gadols, which means he's like a partial Kohen Gadol. He's somewhere between a regular Kohen and the Kohen Gadol, but he does have a higher status. So that higher status changes some halachas, and that's exactly why the Gemara lists the differences between the Meshuach Melchama and the regular Kohen, because again, it follows directly from their different positions as Kohanim. As opposed to this case of whether the Kohen can leave the Beis HaMikdash, which does not result from their status as a Kohen Gadol, the way Rab Chaim is defining it. It results from whether or not this Kohen has become enhanced. So even if the result is that this Kohen is no different than a regular Kohen, but he has been enhanced as a Kohen, so then he would be prohibited to leave the Beis HaMikdash. So that's why this case is totally different from both the halachas that derive from a Kohen Gadol and from a Meshuach Melchama, both of which are related to their status, either as a full Kohen Gadol or a sort of semi-Kohen Gadol. But in this case, the halacha has nothing to do with the status of the Kohen. Even if he's just a regular Kohen Hedyot, so long as he's undergone a process which enhanced him being a Kohen, then he's included in this prohibition. So the prohibition does not follow from any results of what type of Kohen he ended up, but rather from the process by which he became a Kohen. If he's just born a Kohen and he remains a regular Kohen, then he's not included in this prohibition. But if he adds to his level of being a Kohen, even if the result is no different from a regular Kohen, so then he is included in this prohibition. And Rab Chaim argues that this explanation has to be in the Ravid because the whole source for the Ravid's view is the case of Aaron's sons. And that was exactly this case where people were elevated to being regular Kohanim. So at the end of the day, there was no difference between Aaron's sons and any other regular Kohen, but they were not born Kohanim, so they had been elevated into being regular Kohanim. And the proof, says Rab Chaim, is because they never wore the eight clothing of the Kohen Gadol. They always only wore the four clothing. Certainly after they became Kohanim, when they were serving in the Beis HaMikdash, they only wore the four clothing because that was the whole halacha of a regular Kohen. But even when they were becoming Kohanim, so during the process when Moshe was transforming them into Kohanim, they still only wore the four clothing because the Torah only describes four clothing in that section. And Rab Chaim also proves this because the Gemara in Yuma Daf Hay has a debate how Moshe clothed them. But Moshe clothing them only applied during the time when he was anointing them. In general, the regular Kohen gets himself dressed. 
So Moshe didn't need to clothe them after they had already become Kohanim. So the case in the Gemara has to be during the period when Moshe was making them Kohanim, and still the Torah only lists four clothing. So it's clear that they never put on the eight clothing of the Kohen Gadol. They always only wore the four clothing of a regular Kohen, even during the process of making them into Kohanim. And similarly, Rab Chaim proves the same point from the Gemara in Zvachman, Daf Kuf Aleph, where the Gemara says that during the period of Miluim, when they were becoming Kohanim, they could not serve as Onanim. So obviously the sons had a halachic status of a regular Kohen during that period, and that's why if they were an Onain, they couldn't serve, as opposed to a Kohen Gadol who would have been allowed to serve as an Onain. So what's clear is that the sons of Aaron never once had the status of a Kohen Gadol. They were born as regular people into the family of Kohanim, and then they were the inaugural class that was anointed to become the first Kohanim. And during that whole period and afterwards, they were considered a Kohen Hedyot. They never had a higher status than that. And yet the Ravid is still using that example as the case where this prohibition applies. So this seems very unusual because the Ravid holds that this prohibition does not apply to a Kohen Hedyot. So why should it apply to the sons of Aaron, who, as we saw, clearly had the same halachic status as any other Kohen Hedyot? Why should they be included in this prohibition? Even though they were anointed, but it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, they had the status of a regular Kohen Hedyot. So it's obvious, like Rab Chaim saying, that the point here is not whether this is a Kohen Gadol or a Kohen Hedyot, but the point is, was this person elevated at some point? So that's exactly the case of the sons of Aaron. They are the unusual case of someone who became elevated to the status of a Kohen Hedyot. Generally, a Kohen Hedyot is born that way, and they don't need to do anything to earn it. But the sons of Aaron, in the course of their life, were elevated into the status of a Kohen Hedyot, so they were included in this prohibition. But in future generations, the only Kohen who gets elevated is a Kohen Gadol, so this prohibition can only apply to a Kohen Gadol, it wouldn't apply to a Kohen Hedyot. So this very much proves Rab Chaim's approach, his reading of the Raivid, that this prohibition is not directly related to whether the person is a Kohen Gadol or a Kohen Hedyot, but rather it depends on whether they've gone through the process of elevating their Kahuna. Once they've become elevated, whatever the end result is, they're included in this prohibition. And the test case, the most unusual situation, was the first generation of Kohanim, where they got elevated from being nothings to being regular Kohanes, and therefore they were included in this prohibition. So now, based on this, Rab Chaim says that it should come out that on a practical level, the Kohen Mashuach Melchama is also included in this prohibition according to the Raivid. Even though he holds that the prohibition only applies to the Kohen Gadol, but the same logic that since the Kohen Gadol was elevated, he's included in this prohibition, is also going to include the Mashuach Melchama because he's also become elevated from being a regular Kohen. Even though he's somewhat in the middle. Some halachas he's like a Kohen Gadol. For some halachas he's like a regular Kohen. But the Gemara in Yuma Dafayin Gimel lists that there are five halachas that are similar to a Kohen Gadol and a Kohen Meshuach Melchama. So once there is an elevation in status and he gets moved up, 
So then the Meshuach Melchama should also be included in this prohibition because he's undergone the process of elevating what kind of Kohen he is. So this would be a practical ramification from Rab Chaim's definition that even though the Raivid only said that the Kohen Guttles included in this prohibition, but once we understand the Raivid's reasoning better, so that should equally apply also to the Kohen Meshuach Melchama. So now, having gotten to this step, this is going to answer the whole question that Rab Chaim began with on the Raivid. What is the case of a Kohen where there's a distinction between an Onain or not, whether he can leave the Beis HaMikdash? The answer is going to be a Kohen Meshuach Melchama. Because here we have the rare case where there is a Kohen who's prohibited to leave the Beis HaMikdash. But on the other hand, when he's an Onain, he's not allowed to serve. So that's where the Raivid makes this distinction that in general, the Meshuach Melchama is prohibited to leave the Beis HaMikdash in the middle of serving, just like a Kohen Gadol. But in the case where he's an Onain, then he would be allowed to leave because he's not allowed to serve under those circumstances. So this is going to answer the Raivid very nicely. And Rab Chaim adds that the Raivid is also making sense of why we need two Psukim, the same as the Rambam asked. The Rambam's answer was that one of them is to tell us that that no Kohen is allowed to leave the Beis HaMikdash in the middle of service. And the second is to add that the Kohen Gadol should continue working while he's an Onain. According to the Raivid, that's not going to work because there is no prohibition on a regular Kohen to leave the Beis HaMikdash. So why do we need two verses to teach us seemingly the same halacha? So the Raivid applies the same model to the two cases. One applies to Kohen Gadol and one applies to Meshuach Melchama. Because the Gemara in Horios Yudbeis learns out from the word Allah that it excludes a Meshuach Melchama. So the Pasuk is only talking about a Kohen Gadol. That's why only a Kohen Gadol can work when he's in Onain, but a Meshuach Melchama cannot. So by that logic, the prohibition to leave the Beis HaMikdash, which is in the same Pasuk, also only applies to a Kohen Gadol, not a Meshuach Melchama. Which is problematic according to the Raivid, because as we saw, the prohibition does apply to a Meshuach Melchama. So that's how the Raivid differentiates that there's two Psukim. One applies to a Kohen Gadol in all circumstances, whether he's an Onain or not. Either case, the Kohen Gadol is prohibited from leaving the Beis HaMikdash because he's able to continue doing the service, whereas the Meshuach Melchama has a distinction. In general, he is prohibited to leave the Beis HaMikdash, and that's what the Pasuk teaches us. But when he's an Onain, so then he's allowed to leave the Beis HaMikdash as the Raivid defines it because the prohibition is only for a Kohen who can continue working. Once he's not able to do anything in the Beis HaMikdash, so then there's no prohibition to leave. So this approach very nicely answers the case of the Raivid, and it shows how his two comments don't contradict each other, but they're actually building an alternate framework using a similar model to the Rambam, but instead of differentiating between a Kohen Gadol and a Kohen Hedyot, the Raivid differentiates between a Kohen Gadol and a Kohen Meshuach Melchama. So there's three categories according to the Raivid. A Kohen Gadol is always prohibited to leave the Beis HaMikdash, whether he's an Onain or not, and he can continue serving as an Onain. A Kohen Meshuach Melchama is in the middle. He's prohibited in general to leave the Beis HaMikdash, but if he's an Onain, he can leave. And a regular Kohen can always leave the Beis HaMikdash. He's not included in this prohibition at all. So that's Rab Chaim's interpretation of the Ravid's two comments. The key points in this piece are number one, Rab Chaim gives a criteria 
for when this prohibition applies according to the Raivid, and he differentiates that from the more general distinction between a Kohen Gadol and a regular Kohen. Here he argues that even though in general, on a practical level, it's going to follow that same distinction, but it's not related to whether the status of the Kohen is a Kohen Gadol or not. It's related to what sort of process they've undergone to become the Kohen that they are now. So the test case is going to be the first generation of Kohanim went through an anointing process, but the result was that they were regular Kohanim at the end. And Rab Chaim's second point, which follows from this, is this idea that there's a distinction between a regular Kohen and a Kohen Gadol, and there's a third category of a Kohen Meshuach Milchama, which is going to follow from the way he defines this prohibition. So that's what the Raivid is hinting at in his various comments arguing on the Rambam. Now, Rav Shach in the Avi Ezri on this halacha has a very strong question on Rab Chaim, and he introduces a new factor that Rab Chaim ignored, which is, is this Kohen permitted to become Tame for his relatives? So the halacha is that a Kohen Hediot does have to become Tame for his relatives, but a Kohen Gadol and a Kohen Meshuach Melchama do not become Tame for their relatives. And likewise, this is going to become very important, the sons of Aharon, even though they had the status of regular Kohanim, but because they had been anointed, they did not become Tame for their relatives. So Rav Shach points out that this factor is really going to undermine Rav Chaim's whole model for explaining the Raivid, and it's also going to explain the Raivid in a much simpler way. First of all, Rab Chaim's arguing that the Ravid's distinction between a Kohen Onen or not applies to the case of a Kohen Meshuach Melchama. But Rav Shach says that this is very difficult because the Ravid explicitly said that the reason the Kohen Onen should leave the Beis HaMikdash is in order to go become Tameh and deal with his relative's body. But a Kohen Meshuach Melchama is prohibited to become Tameh for his relatives. So how on earth could that comment of the Raivid be talking about the case of a Kohen Meshuach Melchama? It would make no sense to say that the Meshuach Melchama who's in Onain has to leave the Beis HaMikdash in order to go deal with his relatives. So this is a very strong question. So instead, says Rav Shach, the solution to the Raivid is that everything hinges on whether or not this Kohen can become Tameh to his relatives. So the way he formulates it is a little different than Rab Chaim. The Raivid is not saying that if the Kohen can't work in the Beis HaMikdash, then he's allowed to leave. That's not the key factor, whether or not this Kohen is able to do the work in the Beis HaMikdash. The key factor is whether he's allowed to become Tameh to his relatives. If he's able to become Tameh, then there's no prohibition. He should leave the Beis HaMikdash in order to go deal with the funeral. But if he's prohibited from becoming Tameh, then there's a prohibition to leave the Beis HaMikdash because there's no point. He anyways can't go do anything. So according to Rab Shach, the halacha of a Kohen Meshuach Melchama is different than Rab Chaim. According to Rab Chaim, if the Kohen Meshuach Melchama is an Onain, then he can leave the Beis HaMikdash because he's not allowed to serve anyways. According to Rav Shach, the Meshuach Melchama is always prohibited from leaving the Beis HaMikdash. Of course, if he's not an Onain, but even if he's an Onain, because he can't become Tameh for his relatives. So this is a practical distinction. So what is the case where the Ravid differentiates between a Kohen who's an Onain or not? So Rav Shach reads the whole comment of the Ravid differently. And he says that the second comment of the Ravid is bolstering and supporting his first comment. 
The Ravid is bringing up the issue of who is included in this prohibition, and the criteria for the Ravid is only a Kohen who's prohibited from becoming Tame to deal with his relative. So that includes the sons of Aharon, even though they were regular Kohanim, but as we said, they were exceptional because they had been anointed, so they were not allowed to become Tameh for relatives. So that's why the Torah included the sons of Aaron, but in general, says the Ravid, the whole prohibition only applies to a Kohen Gadol, or a Kohen Meshuach Melchama, a Kohen who's prohibited to become Tameh to his relatives. A regular Kohen who does become Tameh for his relatives is not included at all in this prohibition of the Torah. So that's exactly the point that he's repeating in the second comment, meaning the two comments are saying the same thing. In both of them, the Ravid is defining this prohibition, and he's saying that it only applies in cases where the Kohen is prohibited from becoming Tame to his relatives, which means a Kohen Gadol in all generations, a Kohen Meshuach Melchama in all generations, and the Kohen Hedyots of the first generations, meaning the sons of Aharon. But it does not include a regular Kohen Hedyot, who, as the Ravid says in the second comment, should leave the Beis Mikdash in order to go become Tame and deal with his relative. So Rav Shach has another way of making sense of the Ravid's approach. And the key difference is that for Rav Chaim, the criteria is whether this Kohen's been elevated. That's what includes him in the prohibition. Whereas for Rav Shach, any Kohen who's prohibited to become Tameh to relatives is included in the prohibition. And according to Rav Shach, there's also three categories, but they work differently. A Kohen Gadol is always prohibited to leave the Beis HaMikdash, whether he's an Onain or not. And in all cases, he also continues serving in the Beis HaMikdash. The Kohen Meshuach Melchama is likewise always prohibited from leaving the Beis HaMikdash, whether he's an Onain or not, but he is not allowed to continue working as an Onain. So while according to Rab Chaim, the Ravid holds any Kohen who can't serve in the Beis HaMikdash is not prohibited from leaving, Rav Shach doesn't believe that in the Ravid. He believes that it's possible that a Kohen can't serve, like the Kohen Meshuach Melchama Onain, but he's still prohibited from leaving because the prohibition of leaving solely depends on whether this Kohen can become tummy to his relatives. And finally, the third category is a regular Kohen who certainly cannot serve in the Beis HaMikdash as an Onain, but is also allowed to always leave. And that follows from the fact that a regular Kohen becomes Tameh for his relatives. So there's an interesting debate between Rab Chaim and Rav Shach how to put together the Ravid's approach and the different principles that the Ravid's espousing. According to Rab Chaim, the Ravid is arguing two main principles. One is that the prohibition of leaving the Beis HaMikdash centers on whether the Kohen's been elevated in the course of their life or not. And the second is that any Kohen who's prohibited from working in the Beis HaMikdash cannot be prohibited from leaving. There's no point in just standing around and doing nothing. Whereas Rav Shach disagrees with both of those principles, and he believes that the Ravid holds that a Kohen does sometimes have to stand around and do nothing, like the Kohen Meshuach Melchama, who's an Onain. And second, the criteria for the prohibition is any Kohen who doesn't become Tameh for his relatives is prohibited from leaving the Beis HaMikdash. But if a Kohen does become Tameh, then he should leave in order to go take care of his relative.